Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey, welcome everyone. Um, another edition of Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. The mission of our show is to make a difference in the workplace, your life, and even the world as one person. As one person, we can do it. We can do it. Um, so thanks again. We love you guys. Today's theme, we're going to discuss challenging the status quo. Very important. And we'll get into that as we evolve through the show. Um, you know, with all of the changes taking place in the world today, it just lends itself for endless opportunity. Um, and it, it's just an incredible time, right? Um, it is an incredible time. It can also be challenging, and we know that, right? We know that, and hence the theme, right? Right. Uh, but I want to say that, you know, and I don't want to speak for you, but we both believe there's greatness in everyone. Oh, I really do. Right? Um, that means everyone. That means the uh, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, the leader, the middle, the low person on the totem pole, everyone has greatness in them, which means all the more reason to challenge the status quo, which means all the more reason to promote a shared leadership model, because the more great input we get from the more people, the more great results will occur. Right. That's my new mantra is like question everything, challenge everything, because what we think we know, we don't really know. Right. We go through the motions. We hear what we hear. It almost becomes habit. Well, it, well, it does become habit, right? Because if you think about it, if you dig, if you dig pretty deep, if you think about just the way you were raised and the way you were born, the belief systems that you have, you know, it's important to question all of that. Because if you think about the people that have really made a difference in the world, um, for better or for worse, right? But, you know, if you look at even in the last, you know, since our adulthood, you know, you had Steve Jobs, you had Bill Gates. Prior to that, there was like a Walt Disney, right? I mean, people that really, really made an impact on the Moses. world. Moses. Moses. Yeah. I mean, if Moses didn't do his thing, right? But he got, you know, divine guidance, right? But, um, but if those guys listened to what everybody told them to do, no, nothing would have happened. Yeah, no, that's right. very complicated, right? It's so, complicated. So what exactly is the status quo? Well, I look at it as the belief system that everybody has, sort of a collective conscience, consciousness, right? So it's, it's the belief system that's out there that we think we absolutely have to adhere to this system, but yet it's time to start looking at that differently and start challenging that a little bit differently. And and normally the status quo will first start in our own family. Hmm. 
right? So we think we might be going outside our family, but the reality is we take all those belief systems with us. And then when we go to challenge it so many times when we go to do something different, it's really our family that can hold us back from moving forward. See, for me, it's hard, right? It's hard to grasp because I apply everything to the workplace. Okay. So when, when well, I and, need, and all of that it does apply to the workplace. Right. Well, what I'm learning, right, right, is that it really has nothing to do with the workplace. It has to do with me personally and how I interact in the workplace based on maybe my belief system. Oh yeah. Right. So when 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 we say challenging the status quo, we're not necessarily saying we're going to buck the tide somewhere. We're challenging our own internal beliefs to make sure it's the right way to be. Right. You always have to start with yourself first. You always start with yourself first. And in the workplace, that's really true at any any level. Mm-hmm. There's no... Um, it's not true that the leaders have all that down. Oh, yeah. No, that's right? exactly right, right. Right. I mean, we've talked about that before. But, you know, one of the things in the status quo is that someone got in a leadership position because they're really good at what they do. And a lot of times that is true. And a lot of times that's not true. It's and Or that a person is rich because they're really smart. A lot of times that's true. A lot of times that's not true. Right. It can happen many different ways. And so you have to really start challenging those different beliefs or that someone that went to Harvard is necessarily really smart. You know, we're learning now that a lot of people get into Harvard because their parents paid for them to get into Harvard. Yeah. Right. That all rules can be bent. So in this example, okay, if I was that person that had a walk in to Harvard, because of some entitlement, right? Challenging the status quo for me would be, I need to make sure that um, I am accountable for what I learn at this great institution, and I'm not just here because I'm entitled. Well, in that you're using, so what are the skills that you really learn in a place like a Harvard, right? Or in any good, in, in any good, you know, university? It's you really use the skills oh, I, for critical. I don't mean to, I thought you were asking me that question. Like I was going to say, oh, how do I know? <laughs> I'll answer it for okay. you. <laughs> what you really learn is critical thinking skills, mm. right? And what critical thinking is, is that You think for yourself. And so what you find is someone like a Bill Gates started thinking for himself and he left Harvard and did his own thing, right? He dropped out of Harvard to do his own thing. And he used those critical thinking skills to his own advantage. And he looked at things and he said, no, this isn't what I need to learn and what I want to do. I'm doing something that's never been done. You guys can't help me. Right. And and just to be clear, um, there's really no right or wrong, right? It's Mm-mm. pretty much on an individual basis. It's always on an individual basis. But my point is, is that we have to start questioning everything because, and we're going to get the, into this a little bit more in the second segment, but, you know, we've gotten a little bit lazy in how we look at things. So, if- And what's happened is, is now things are really shifting. I mean, with the election, things are really going to shift. And suddenly people that were quiet are no longer quiet on both sides of the fence, right? Yeah. On both sides. And the election like the is just an right. example. Right. But it's it takes things getting shook up. For example, 
let's say you're a coal miner and all of a sudden the mines no longer have coal, right? Suddenly everything has shifted. There has to be a change or automation has taken over your job. There has to be a change. But, you know, I was listening to NPR the other day and Not a call. Talk zone? Oh, well, after talk zone. <laughs> In between my talk zone, I was listening to NPR and a coal miner was on talking about how he had black lung. And he said if they could give him new new lungs, he would go back in the coal mine. And it wasn't so much that he loved coal mining. It was just that he knew he he knew coal mining. Anything else was a little bit too scary to even try. What was he going to do? Right. Very complicated. It's very complicated. But OK, Um it's tricky because that's in that example, that's what he wanted to do. However, if what you're saying about challenging the status quo requires a skill of critical thinking that you don't have, you won't even know to challenge the status quo. Well, and right. But one of the ways you can start, it doesn't, it's not anything fancy. So whenever you say things are very complicated, you know, and I kind of agree I also will in some ways disagree with that because I don't think it is all that complicated. It's just a matter of that. It's time to question. Is this really true? Is this really true? Is what I'm seeing in front of me really true? Is the fact that I can only do coal mining really true? Mm -hmm. Or is there something else? I mean, I'm just using that as one example. I mean, the same thing happened in technology. and The way you explained it was not how I was looking at it. Okay. When you said, is this true? Mm-hmm. I was thinking, is, would I go back to the same coal mine that caused the illness I had in my second chance of life? And I, I would think that doesn't really map to truth or not. It's a no brainer, but that's not what you were saying. No. Is it true or not? That I have no other options. That I have no other options. Right. Right. See, so it's different. And that's where right. I say it's a little complicated, but you have to shift your thinking. Right. But shifting your thinking doesn't necessarily have to be complicated. It's just opening yourself up to a possibility of looking at something differently. Right. It takes a little imagination. It's not complicated. It just means that I'm not completely 100 percent invested in all of my beliefs. Okay, so here's the thing. Right. Mm. And this may sound idealistic. Mm hmm. But if I get what you're saying Mm -hmm. and I apply it to that there is unlimited opportunity right now because everything is changing all over the place. Right. And if I learned some ways to communicate with myself, to learn my internal levels and my options. Yes. When when I hear on the news that, you know, 5,000 jobs are being eliminated at this company, including mine, I'd say, yes, I wonder where it's going to take me. Yeah, and that's hard. I mean, that's hard to get to that spot if you haven't been thinking like that all along, right? So, I mean, if you've been in a job for, you know, 40 years and suddenly that job is eliminated and you're not in a position where you can retire easily, then it's very scary because you haven't been thinking differently. You haven't been thinking outside of the box. Yeah, you know, um, one more thing on that is, in, in a way, the status quo, so to speak, shoots us in the foot. So if you take a corporation where they're 
going through some downsizing, mm-hmm. and then they offer to the people that are downsized, the impacted people, they offer them outplacement counseling. And in that outplacement counseling should be this discussion. Oh, yeah, because it's always about mindset. Right. And But in that outplacement counseling, and I can tell you because I've been there once, mm. one morning, was on one side of the page, list all of the people you know in your field outside of here, outside of this company. And on the other side of the page, list your skills. And that really was not pursuing any creative option other than what I, I was being that miner, that coal miner. Right. That these are the only. Yeah. It's, well, maybe know? if you had gone back, right, for another day, they would have started taking those skills and translating them a different way. I don't know. See, that's typical Eva, right? Well, if you would have gone back the next day, maybe they maybe would have said. twice. No, they would have said. <laughs> Now, take that piece of paper and just throw it away because we're going <laughs> to we're going to go in a different direction. Well, no, I'm sure that they wouldn't have told you to throw it away. They would have said, "How could we leverage this?" Maybe, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. No, it's I'm interesting not, though. Right. So, basically, um advancement at work, changing jobs, relationships, you know, basically anything there is a a status quo, so to speak, that's out there from when we're younger. And the more we learn to challenge it, the higher the ceiling goes for us. Oh, absolutely. It does. Yeah. I mean, it, it changes everything when you start questioning, when you start questioning, but it can also change it in a way that in the beginning, it becomes very upsetting because suddenly nothing is looking okay. I mean, there can be a bit of a depression that comes. Yeah. And when you get a little uh, pushback and so on, if you're not, if you don't know how to handle it, you'll go right back. Right. Very tricky. Okay. So really, really, really um, good stuff. We're going to take our first break and we're going to continue right afterwards. Stay with us. Let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And today, Charlie and I are discussing challenging the status quo and how you can do that and why you should do that. You know, um, I want to, at times, you know, kick and scream and fight and claw. Yes, you do. When basically all I have to do is go into a room, shut the door and sit down with myself. Oh, yeah. But people don't want to do that. And I'll tell you why they don't want to do that. Because if you haven't done it a lot and you haven't learned how to kind of calm yourself and calm your mind, it can be a little intimidating. Well, it's you know what I can. Because all the fears come out. It's to me, it's what tangible benefit is going to come of this that's the problem that you know sometimes i feel um when i go internal it's almost i don't really have time to waste because everything's passing me by right so here's the thing right and i and i know a lot of people think like that well i don't have time to waste everything's passing me by so let's say you jump into it with both boots what are you going to do I'm probably just going to run as fast as I can. Where? 
on the treadmill. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And what do you do on the treadmill? Well, I don't have the answer. No, no, I'm just saying, but you do have the answer because you do do something on the treadmill. Oh, I uh, meditate. Right. Right. Yeah. And you, when do you come up with some of your really great ideas? When I'm on the treadmill. Right. And it's the same thing as someone that sits in a room quietly. So for some people well, that hold on, that's a humbling lesson, by the way. So, you know, thank you for that. But go ahead. Why is that a humbling lesson? Well, because I do that is what you're saying. Yeah. And I end up putting that internal time in. You doesn't do. have to be in a dark room. Right. That's what people miss. Like some people going into a room and meditating quietly is the way to go. Other people walking, running, working out is another meditation. I used to do cross stitch like crazy mm. because it was a way to keep my hands occupied and quieted my mind to then let some thoughts come through because otherwise what happens is you just get overtaken by the negative. And for some reason we think the negative is really the the right way to go. Like we need to beat ourselves up or we need to pummel ourselves in order to move forward, which we have now found. And I think anybody that's picked up any self-help book in the last 20 years understands that pummeling yourself doesn't really work. So, okay. So it gets really a little scary for me too, because now that I understand meditation is, can be done wherever works for you Mm -hmm. and you may not even know you're doing it but a place where you can go to another place yeah right so what scares me about that i you know in all honesty right and i gotta just share this is you know now when i um go to a surgeon yeah i want to make sure he doesn't meditate during surgery right or, well, but I mean, why are we talking about surgery right now? You've got nothing scheduled. Or like <laughs> a pilot. You? <laughs> a, you know, I'm just saying, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So well, that's when they go on autopilot, right? Sometimes too much information for me is... Well, it wasn't really too much information. It was like you took good information and you moved it to another place. <laughs> that's okay. the difference. So critical thinking we, we got. Um, well, and what I want to say is, is that I think... As a society, we've become a little bit lazy. Does that mean we're not doing any critical thinking or we're not meditating? Well, yeah, part of it. Because what happens is, is that we get anxious and we get, or we get angry. And so we do things to anesthetize ourselves, right? So watching, you know, videos on Facebook, you know, I'm, I, you know, if I don't want to think about something, I'm going through Facebook like crazy. I have to shut it down. Watching TV. You know, we think that we're taking in information when the reality is we're not really thinking about what we're taking in. We're just believing everything we see. It could be complete crap. We it's don't know. It's overload of stuff. And it's overload of stuff. If we get quiet and take some time and just think and write and figure it out on our own, we come up with just as many brilliant ideas, right? We come up with just as many brilliant ideas, but we don't allow ourselves that time to think about it. We get lazy. And instead of thinking... And instead of trying to quiet our thoughts, we do things like we overeat, we overdrink, we self-medicate, we watch videos, we over-exercise even. You know, I mean, we do a lot of things that are just over the top where we work and work and work and then wonder why we feel so empty even though we've got a huge bank account. And, um, yeah, that's something almost that should be repeated. It's very true. 
Um, and then there's even another layer of that. And, you know, oftentimes we're told to be like, you know, be like this person. Well, like that's that the other thing I was going to talk about in terms of being lazy is we hang out with people that think like us. Right. So when we hang out with people that think like us, we don't really have to work on defending our belief system because we have all these people around us that think like us. Everyone will be questioning. Sir, the surgeons will be saying, you know, that guy, <laughs> that guy. And uh, one of the things that I found, though, when I moved to the city, yeah, there was a lot of people that thought like me when I moved into the city of Chicago and I started working downtown. But. There was also a lot of very different people. I mean, I lived in a very diverse neighborhood. I lived in a very different neighborhood. I met, I worked with a lot of different people and I started to see that the beliefs that I had since I was a kid didn't necessarily hold up under scrutiny and weren't necessarily true. There was a whole group of people out there that I had never met, talked to. I had certain ideas about and here they were. They were just just normal, upstanding citizens, just like everybody else. Somehow you got that. Well, it wasn't just me that got it. It was everybody that that I was with because we were all in it together, right? We were all in it together, and we were just seeing that all of these people were our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers. You know, we were all hanging out together, um, mm. and it was fun. And so, and the same thing with men working with women. You might have grown up thinking that, well, women should just get married, especially like my generation was kind of that first women's lib generation. Um, the 70s, a little bit before me. So I was the early 80s, 70s before me kind of started that wave. And um, but there were still a lot of long held beliefs that women weren't necessarily real smart or they weren't good in math. And just by working with us side by side or in, and living in our same neighborhoods, men started to see, well, that's not true. That's baloney what, you know, I was learning when I was growing up. Yeah, see me, I, I wouldn't be able to tell, though. No, you guys, there's an issue there, but in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Can you go back for a second? Yes. When you said, if you, we talked about the social media, if there's a word, Beyond chaos, that's it, right? Because it's crazy. Um, and well, what happens in social media is that we we like the stuff that speaks to what we believe. Yeah. Well, what I was saying is between flipping on the phone mm. and the media mm-hmm. and the road rage, right, mm-hmm. and the bills, and you had said if you could shut that down mm-hmm. and be one on one with your own bad self. Mm-hmm. Great solutions to important problems will come out from you. Yeah. Right? And so when you say it seems like we're being lazy, um, are you saying that it's easier for me to flip and flip and let somebody else figure it out? I'll just follow. Yeah. Well, sure, it's easier because then that person can take the hit. If you're following somebody, they can take the hit if stuff goes south. And at a high level, if you roll that up, Mm -hmm. um, that's why there's so few candidates, say, for major elections. Oh, yeah, because who wants to be under that kind of scrutiny? Yeah, or or CEO changes may occur from a pool of a few. Right, or what you find is that a lot of CEOs, and I don't mean to generalize, but there are a lot, tend to be sociopathic, which means they kind of don't care. 
Right. And that's what makes them good at their jobs because they don't really care what happens. You right. Know, like, you know, like the old Marie Antoinette. Oh, you know, the people are starving in the streets. Well, let them eat cake, you know, until she got her head chopped off. Right. Oh, sorry, everybody. Everybody's finally kind of looked up. Right. And during the French Revolution and said, hang on a second. This is baloney. And uh, off with her head. You know, there it goes. Yeah. So, no, that's true. Right. And we need that to change. And that's challenging the status quo will help that change. Maybe these guys now will start challenging it themselves. And maybe they'll say, well, wait, let's figure out how we can help the people. Yeah. I mean, and the people are also finally looking up and saying, hang on a second. You know, what what just happened? What just happened? Some people are exuberant about it and some people are despondent about it. But almost everyone has an opinion about it, which hasn't been the case you know, yeah. in the past. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, and I go back to uh, if my job gets eliminated, I almost, based on this conversation, should be excited about the blank page that's in front of me. And I should be right. prepared to fill it in. To fill it in, but to take some time to think about how you want that to fill in. Because what will happen is if you haven't given it any thought, you're going to fall back right back into what you had before, even if you didn't like it. Right. So it's important to think about Filling that. out the page, who I know and my talents and getting another job doing the exact same thing. It, with the exact same kind of people that maybe you didn't like. Yeah, that has happened to me. I know. That it happens happened to, to everybody because – what happens is, and now this is, is getting a little bit on a deeper level, is, you know, a lot of our beliefs are held in our subconscious. So it's not even something that we think about consciously. It's like breathing, right? It's just in there. It's like you would always say, it's like prego, it's in there, right? So it's it's in our subconscious. And what happens is, is our body, our feelings are the language of our body and of our subconscious. That's where we feel it, right? So when you get that knot in the pit of your stomach, even though everything looks good, you get the knot in the pit of your stomach. Well, if you're used to being a certain way, if you're used to living with chaos, if you're used to, to working in a chaotic environment, it's not going to feel right until you get back into that chaotic environment. So, what I coach all my clients on and I coach myself and you on this is that every time we go to change, there's a level of discomfort there. So if we decide that, yeah, we really want to change the way things are. This isn't really working for me. I don't like this. It takes really diving into your subconscious thoughts and start looking at what those feelings are and understanding that as you're shifting until you shift into a new way of being, you're going to feel some discomfort because your body's going to fight you on Yeah, the, the good stuff may not even get in there. Yeah, it takes a while for the good stuff to get in there. That's why people will say, well, positive affirma- affirmations really work. Or like I use tapping, EFT really works. Well, all of that is around moving into your subconscious. But when they talk about positive affirmations, it's not just like, oh, I get up in the morning and I say one positive affirmation. I mean, the people that really make that work, it's like, constantly telling yourself over and over and over again these affirmations. That's what finally shifts it aye, aye, aye. So, in the body. So, so you got to have an work. energy level to build up your endurance, right? So we, we talked about... Actually, building up... Actually, if you start talking well to yourself, that will up your energy level. Automatically. Automatically, you'll, you'll feel better. Yeah. You'll feel better about it. So we're going to go ahead and take our 
second break. Stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we're challenging the status quo. We'll be right back. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more Corporate Talk on TalkZone. Okay, everyone, um, we are back, and me personally, I am learning how to soar in the future, <laughs> okay? Um, we learned about the need for some critical thinking yes. from within, yes. and you need to have find the time to do that critical thinking. Well, and the thing is, is you don't necessarily have to find a lot of time. It's really about, as each thought comes in, changing your thoughts a little bit from negative to positive. Or just being honest. Just being honest. Like yeah. if I want to be like, um, I want to be like this bully because that bully is in charge, and I need to be honest with myself. That means I want to be a bully. If that's what I want, you know. But is that true? You know. Well, and there's there's another little level here, right? So another layer to this is that the subconscious tends to be very literal, and also some will say what you resist persists. So if you're saying, I don't want to be like this bully, I don't want to be like this bully, all the subconscious mind hears is bully, and you can easily become that bully eventually. Oh, boy. Yeah. So it's about that you want to see something different. So when I say it's complicated, why do you say it's simple? Well, it's not It's not really that complicated when you just take a few minutes to really think about it, right, to really look at it. So it doesn't take all that much time to make these shifts. Okay. It doesn't well, take a lot of time to make the shifts, but you have to do it. You have to do it consistently. Just like when you talk negatively to yourself, it's consistent. Mm. The negative self-talk is consistent, right? There's no let up in it. It's easier, it seems. It's easier just because of the status quo. That's how we were raised to talk negative. If you, if you were raised in a very positive household where the people in your life said, no, you know, we're going to be positive and they only spoke to you in positive ways. You would not have a hard time being positive. It's because we grew up in negativity and you're steeped in it from the time you were a little kid that it takes a lot to move you into a different direction. And that's my point around the status quo. That's around questioning those beliefs, right? Because if you're a little kid that thinks differently, you get in trouble, right? You're the one that they're sending home from school. You know, you're getting yelled at, right. you know, and if, and if you have a parent that doesn't embrace that, they will try to do everything to break your little spirit. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And then, and you don't really have the power at a young age to fight that. Some kids do, mm-hmm. but it comes at a price. It comes at a price. You know, one of the things I was most proud of in my career was, being called a change agent. Mm-hmm. And that's just from questioning everything, right? Yeah, you do question everything. Now, you even the, question everything in the home. But the guys, it's annoying. <laughs> my peer group and below would say, look at it as a troublemaker, stirring the pot. He's a troublemaker. Right. Whereas, you know, or my peer group and above would want the questions. Well, what do you mean? Let me explain. You know, what do you think? Well, and I think that even your peer group liked it. Because they were thinking those things, but they just didn't have the guts to say it. Well, they weren't going to throw themselves under the bus. Well, you know, a lot of it is to what you mentioned earlier in that many of us get lazy mm-hmm. and just sit back, go to work, 
you know, whatever. Well, and, and so this is what I want to talk about in this segment is that a lot of us are in survival mode. And when you're in survival mode, what happens is, is that survival mode overrides everything. It overrides morals. It overrides values. It overrides judgments. It overrides integrity. When you're in survival mode, you will lie, cheat, steal. Right. And people don't people think of that. Well, that's like when you're in a war zone. Right. You'll start doing well that. in the workplace. It would be. But it ha- it's happening everywhere. It's happening in the workplace. It's happening everywhere. Everybody's in survival mode because they see people getting cut. They're not going to let that happen to them. Right. They look at it as, well, it's OK because it's a life or death situation out there, which it is not. <laughs> right. Well, in some ways it is. Right. Because what happens is we're not supporting each other anymore we're not supporting each other when you if you, there was a book written by Sebastian Junger called Tribe and in Tribe he talks about PTSD and what happens during war and it all depends on whether or not a person gets PTSD is whether or not they were supported when they came home so some people didn't even see active war but yet got PTSD because they felt so disconnected when they got back Then he talked about the Israeli army, and he said in the Israeli army, there's very, very low incidence of PTSD because everybody goes into the army. Everybody's on the same page. Everybody understands what everybody else is going through. They have someone to talk to about it. And so what's happening now is we're kind of saying, oh, you know, we find ourselves doing this. Oh, poor Bob, he got let go. You know, the poor bastard, he's going to lose his house, right? But nobody rallies around. To figure out how to help uh, I wonder if I can get it at a good price. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Just, and I mean, you know, we laugh about it, but it's really true. If it just cleans it up a little. Right. Well, we could clean it up. You know, we would clean it up to buy it right out, out from under him, right? It's really sad. It is sad. And everybody kind of does it. And we want to pretend that, no, no, we're above that, but it's simply not true. Okay, so. And I'm going to add something else to this, right? So we'll do something like, one of the things that makes me crazy is when I see people doing big benefits, right? They'll they'll do a big benefit. They'll have a black tie and we're raising money for whatever, right? And that's great. It's very nice. But why have to go through this benefit and have all this face time? Why not just take the money from the benefit and all of it and give that to these people? Or better yet, here, let my socialist side come out. Just pay it in your taxes, And so that everybody's not begging for it, Mm. right, and having to figure out a way to do that. But what happens is, is that if we have everybody, if everybody's thriving, well, who's going to be better than anybody else? And and the point is never that you can't become rich because you can become as rich as you want to become. But when we let some people down while we're getting rich on their backs, it's not okay. Well, that and that's becoming more and more evident now than it was even when we first started working. It might, yeah, it is. It might be a distant relative to survival mode by saying I need to make sure I survive greater than them. Well, no, it's not a distant relative to survival mode. Is is survival mode, mm-hmm. and that's my point about integrity and morals goes out the window. Because if you're sitting there, I mean, look at all these corporations that had all these issues when they went under, like Enron Enron, mm -hmm, and WorldCom and Arthur Anderson. Like nobody, I mean, in the 80s, Arthur Anderson was the god of all companies, right? Like if you worked for Anderson, 
you were just, you were like the angels like started to sing. If, if somebody, like if you said, Oh, I work for Arthur Anderson, you, you hear like the, in the background, mm. Oh, right. It went under because what was happening was in order to survive, they were lying. They weren't doing their job. But so technically, right? Mm-hmm. That should come out with the critical thinking and maybe that's where the whistleblowers come out. Well, what happened is, so let's talk about the whistleblowers, right? So the whistleblowers do come out and they just take the hit because nobody stands up behind them. Everybody's in survival mode. Oh yeah, that poor bastard, yeah. you know, stood up. Look, they took the hit. Look what happened to him. I'm not going to I'm not going to let that happen. Now, if we turn around and everybody stands up, kind of like they did when um what what was her name that came out at Fox News about the sexual oh, yeah, harassment? Yeah, yeah, and all yeah. of a sudden, behind her, everybody starts coming out. Yeah, support. she took the hit. Yeah, she took the hit originally, but now everybody's kind of coming out behind her. That makes a huge difference. Suddenly, it's not just your word against their word. It's hang on a second. We've got twenty people. Well, okay. So when you, yeah, that's very important. What? But it shouldn't be um, the difference. I mean, we should be aware if we're working in living in survival mode or not that's on us i think sometimes it can be very subtle and you don't realize that you're doing it because it's really subtle it's not big lies it's little lies that you tell to yourself it's little lies you tell to yourself it's it's i'm going to pretend that everything's okay so i don't get into another fight at home i'm going to pretend that i'm okay with my boss so that oh, that's i get my bonus mode. it's it's survival mode okay so but when you when you mentioned about we get lazy and we talked about ways to come out right critical thinking meditate um and mm-hmm. so on is the same true once we understand we're in survival mode is the is it the same um tools that we need it is the same tools because what happens when you're in survival mode like that you're not talking people aren't talking to each other and so they're doing that meeting after the meeting right like we always used to talk about the real meeting always happened after the meeting over like in the smoking section right or you know at coffee or at starbucks people would talk about it you'd have your little clicks that you were close to but still you know when it came to actually putting your neck out there. Everybody was good at bitching with one another, but when it came to actually putting their necks out on the line, well, no, nobody wanted to take that hit. And so it has to be that, first of all, you start understanding that you're in survival mode and your integrity is taking a hit. And then how can we together start addressing this in a way that's productive and collaborative? Because when you're just bitching behind the scenes, it's not productive. It doesn't get anything done at the end of the day, especially when you have an organization. How can we keep this whole organization going? Yeah, no, it's it, it's good. I agree. Um, learning what I'm learning here and, you know, discussing it, it's coming out of me as well, right? Because as we're talking, I'm feeling it. Yeah. Um, kind of like what you said, there's greatness in all of us, right? And I mm-hmm. believe that, you know, some of my solutions to some of these problems would be beneficial as well, right? Mm-hmm. I find it almost, uh, I don't know, condescending. Maybe that's a little harsh, but I find it now mm-hmm. a little bit condescending when I hear I'm going to provide jobs for you from someone. Well, not only is it – well, now we're going to get into it. No, no, I mean, I'm just saying like, I mean, it's an it, example. It, it's, it, well, yeah, it's, it's a lie, 
it's not condescending. It's a lie. It's, it's just an out and out lie because what was proposed has never created jobs ever. Okay. Well, or if a coal mine is out of coal, you're not going to have that job. Technology has taken over. It was kind of like you and I were talking about when I said, your boyfriend left you at the altar. He's not coming back. Just you kidding. know, it's been 30 years to take off the wedding dress. And that's kind of... You're done. That's it's kind done. of what He's I... He's not coming back. I want to, you know, I need to be inspired, right? And what we're learning about here is we need to inspire ourselves first, right? Right. And we need to um, do some critical thinking ourselves and make sure we're not lazy with our thinking um, and we want to make sure we're honest mm-hmm. and we want to make sure as often. Well, as- and it's, and it's hard when, when you do get honest with yourself, like I was saying, because your body fights you, right? Feelings are the language of the body. You feel discomfort. And it's I, not. But here's where I think those suggestions come from, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, I get it. I get it. And this is really valuable information to get. But when I, I don't need anyone now. If I if someone is going to head pat me and say I'm going to get you a job, to me that's survival mode. That's putting me right down the same path I was in, mm-hmm. right? And it's so easy to do. And I think some of these guys, people up at the top levels, know that, right? And they say that to draw us in, right? When um, they're taking away. My, they're lowering my ceiling. I just worked my ass off to raise it based on all these soft skill attributes we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And they just whoop, load it back. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I'm not careful, uh, I'll just. Well, and you have to be careful, too, with the way that you were raised, because if you were raised in an environment that was all about listening to the people above you. Yeah. And not questioning. Yeah. That's in you. That's in your subconscious. I mean, that's a big part of my problem, right? Is that, and and I mean, I'll just talk honestly about myself. That's a big thing with me. The discomfort becomes so intense and has gotten lessened after I've, you know, employed my own tools that I started coming up with. But, you know, in the early days, I mean, that discomfort was so intense. I would do anything to get out of feeling that pain. Right. I do anything that, you know, whatever you need me to do, I'm going to do it because I don't want to feel that discomfort. You let the universe down when you do that. The, you do. You, you let yourself down, which lets the universe down and you let the other people down, too. You know, we let everybody down. Mm. So mm. let's go ahead and take our final break. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. Today we are challenging the status quo, and we're having a lot of deep conversation, Charlie and I. But we're learning to question everything. We are learning to question everything, and we're also learning that when we do question everything, it can bring about discomfort, which keeps us down, but if we can move through that discomfort with a number of different tools that are out there, um, all of a sudden there's some freedom there. There's freedom there, and you could see it in certain people. I guess when I say that, I mean maybe in our 
network people we know, um, but also on TV and the media and so on. You see those people that kind of stand out. They never confront. They just seem to know how to deliver and they seem to walk the talk as well. Well, it depends, right? Because a lot of times you'll see people that look like that. You know, they look like they're walking the talk and they are. I mean, a lot of that takes practice, right? So it's not like out of the gate you're able to do that right away, right? So it takes practice. So understand that just like when you're working out, it takes time and it takes practice. It takes doing it over and over and over again until you get good at it. But then also what can happen is you can be really good in one area of your life and another area of your life can suffer. I mean, it's just, yeah, you know, how that goes sometimes. Rob from Peter. Right. Nonsense. Right. Um, you know, what we kind of talked about here is this um, Autobahn-like, fast-paced world. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Between everything, you know, we could disappear in a moment's notice and just get filled in. And, you know, yeah. So we really need to focus um, and strategize on what we're doing. For me, one of my takeaways here is I like the idea of questioning everything because Mm -hmm. if nothing else it slows down the game a little bit because then that person has to respond and it just gives me more time to think, right? I'm not going to be shooting from the hip and I may be able to catch myself that I'm in survival mode and no, that's not what I want to say, you know? So questioning everything has more benefits than just the question. (laughs) Right. You know, I think it's critical. Well, and then it starts moving into a little bit of law of attraction, too, right? You know, people will question law of attraction, say it's not real. And we know it to be real at this point. We know it to be real because just like when you're in a good mood and you're happy, and if you're feeling happy down to your core, you start attracting those types of people to you, right? Like I've always felt that the people that I would work with would be good. And I've always had really good experiences at work. I mean, even when there would be times that there might be somebody that I didn't like at work or that was causing some, some hassle, always somewhere down the road, that person would get out of the path. They would always get out of the path. Or you might find you may not have been accurate in that. Um, no, with those that I, I really oh, felt that in with. the core? Yeah, with the ones that I really felt it with, I was really accurate. <laughs> it, it wasn't often, but boy, when I felt it, like the time, there was one time with um, a new CIO and everybody kind of felt it with her, but I sat in a meeting across from her and she was smiling at me, talking to me. She was very, very nice. And the first thing I thought of was, I got a hit like a like a lightning bolt in my forehead, like a Harry Potter moment that basically said, she's going to take you out. And I was right. And I immediately moved into action and got out of her path. <laughs> I was the one that got out of her path until they finally took her out. Sort of like driving down the road, right? Yeah, it was definitely like driving so, down the road. But what, I mean, I, for me, am all in on slowing down the game mm-hmm. at this point, right? Um, you know, is there anything, I mean, what can I do? How do I stay out of, when you're in survival mode, what did you say it takes away from? Well, it, it 
survival mode overrides everything. It overrides morals. It overrides values. It overrides integrity. It yeah. overrides judgment. That is something that should not be acceptable unless it truly is a life or death situation, right? Even in a life or death situation, um, if you understand, and, and of course I can talk about this theoretically, right? I mean, it's, it's can be hard for me as well, but if you understand that you always have an option, right? There's always a different way to react. There's always something you can do. Um, you will, you will fare better. You know, you'll fare better. And sometimes life or death situation is just, you know, just being okay with that. You've got to go. Yeah, no, and I get it. And it doesn't necessarily mean um, everything I think, do and say is right. It's just, uh, but it's good to know that there's not just one path for me. Right. Unless I decide. Right. Based on all my options, I might say, you know what? You're right. I will follow you. You know, and we have so many thoughts that are ingrained in us, you know, from from when we were very young, like, you know, one that people use a lot. But it is true is you might have heard growing up that money is the root of all evil, you know, or money. Having money means I'm stuck up. Um, Living well means I'm stuck up. I don't want to be stuck up. Those kind of things, you don't even think of them consciously, but they're working in your subconscious. And they're working against you. Mm. You know, they can they can work against you or that you you know, there's a subtle message that you can't do better than your parents did. So or to be an entrepreneur means that you're a cheater. You're out of work or or you're <laughs> out of work. Right. Yeah. Um, do you feel uh, uh, is it does the change the transformation occur quicker or slower when you start figuring this stuff out? It happens quicker. When you start figuring it out, it happens quicker because now you've got a frame of reference. So it can happen actually pretty fast. Um, it just depends how deeply ingrained. Yeah, because if those it's in the subconscious, are. you don't even know. It's hard. Yeah. When it's in the subconscious, you don't even know. And when you try to do something different, you kind of know when you try to do something different that you think is going to be cool. And you get that knot in the pit of your stomach, right? Yeah, trust that. Well, the knot in the pit of your stomach is saying, okay, this is discomfort. But then there's also a little bit of excitement. And when you feel that excitement with it, that means you're on the right path. You know? So, for example, last night when, you know, I was reached out to to see if I wanted to do an open mic, I mean, there's definitely a knot in the pit of my stomach, but then there was also an override of excitement that made me say yes. Right. So, <laughs> and that's exciting for you. It's exciting, but it's, it's scary. It's, but it's proving to you that you're moving forward again. Right. And I want to move forward in that yeah. direction. Yeah. Right. Sometimes when you have it, it's just the whole thing feels bad. Well, then you have to really look to so see if, if that's just right. If that was asked in the past, you might have said yes, just because you say yes to everything in the past. If something's assigned, right, that's our nature. But now if you didn't get that feeling, you might have said, no, I don't think that's going to work for me this time. Right. Right. And see, um, You'll have somebody like you'll be coaching someone and they get their dream job, right? They'll get their dream job. And all of a sudden they get depressed about it 
because it means all of a sudden the family is saying, well, what do you mean you're leaving? Or what do you mean you're going to move? Or what do you mean you're going to do this? Or, or no one else is excited for you except you. Yeah. And suddenly it means like, wow, everything has to shift. I saw Lisa Nichols is a, a big time coach that is out all over the place. And she had a quick video that showed about how yeah, she was following her dreams and her passions, but at home she was getting a lot of pushback saying, you know, what you're, you're flying again. You're going overseas again. Like what about your family? Do you not care about any of us? You yeah. know, are we just on the back burner? So she was talking about how difficult it was to follow your passion, but then yet have this pullback. And then what do you do? Right. Yeah. No, I yeah. know. And it's true. And it really, it, it impacts so many of us. I mean, even me, when I first started my career a hundred years ago in uh, data processing mm-hmm. in corporate America, mm-hmm. um, when my family was in the junk business for all these years, they, where the hell do you think you're going? Right. That's what they would say. Well, and that you didn't need to go to school. You know, I mean, all of that, there was no point in going to school. My, I had other friends right. that, you know, their parents said there was no reason for a woman to go to school, for a woman to go to college. You know, you're just going to get married. You're just going to get your MRS degree and you're going to be done. So one of the things that, you know, before we end today, we want to talk a little bit about is, you know, when we talk about all this, about the tools, I mean, one of the tools that you have is your shared leadership workshop, mm-hmm. which what that does is it. It shows how if we all pull together that we can lead from wherever we are. And you are. don't realize the greatness until it comes out from others. Right. And that you build that whole team around you. I mean, yeah. that's such a great tool. Not a team of rivals, a team of teammates. A team of teammates because we all have a little bit of something missing. Like you've got the gift of gab. You know, I maybe am better at analysis and the and the detail work, Right. And and then we have a third person that's better at whatever X, Y and Z at the creative stuff. You know, you build this whole team around Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. The other thing, you know, with my workshop, it's around learning how to speak up and how to practice. Well, yeah, because there's so much fear. It's an understand. It's not only learning. It's an, an understanding that anything you think, do and say, any power you need, any goals you may have are achievable from within. Yeah. And. But it takes practice to let that out, yeah. right? Because we take so much time and we bury and we bury and we bury. So now we need to start tapping into who we really are, our, our essential self, and letting that out. But in order to do that in a way that's productive, you have to know how to practice that. And you also have to understand that it's not about being brave 24-7. You go brave in like little shifts. You kind of rock back and forth into the bravery well, and then you retreat. If you're doing the critical thinking, you can actually see that too, that progression, right? And right. Good thing. I mean, this right. is a great show. I think everybody can go out and move way forward now. Yes. If they just stay cool, right? Slow down the game. And uh, I think the world's going to be a better place. Right. And you can always reach out to us at info at charlieandeva.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Charles. And have a great week, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Bye, guys.